0: It's Tennessee Titans talk, 11 days from our Titans taking the field against the hopelessly outmatched Arizona Cardinals where we're going to score 50 points on them and everyone will know that the Titans are the best team in the NFL. But seriously, thank you all who've been listening to us over this long hiatus. The NFL offseason is such a terrible beast to get through half a year of no football. I don't know how we survived big fella.
1: Yeah, I don't know either, but thankfully we're here. We're close to opening day and yeah, man, you have one thing you're lacking is confidence right now for the season. I love how excited you are. And I love what we all think that this team is capable of. So it leaves a lot of optimism and excitement, um, you know, here in September.
0: We're coming back to you because of course, two weeks before the season, perhaps the biggest day of the NFL offseason that isn't the draft cut down the day where hundreds of players had their dreams hopelessly dashed fan favorites from camp surprising draft picks that yours truly said was a complete disaster from the beginning let's get down to it <laughs> technically we're supposed to have 53 players on our roster but due to a recent covid outbreak that stemmed after the buccaneers game some players might have had dinner with former times kicker ryan Suckup. they spread it It's a whole disaster. We actually have 62 players on the roster, 9 players on COVID. And once those players can come off COVID, we'll have to cut someone in order to replace a roster spot. So we had 17 cuts yesterday, two days ago, but there's 9 more on the way. Just starting with perhaps the biggest news, the biggest name on the COVID list, quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He's been on the COVID list for a couple days, but he's expected to be back off long before our, our week one game. He's been vaccinated. This isn't no Cam Newton. This isn't Carson Wentz situation. But Logan Woodside has been crowned as our backup, beating out Mac Barkley, Deshaun Kaiser, and Matt Barkley has been re-signed to our practice squad.
1: Yeah, that's a little surprising to me. I'm not a huge Logan Woodside fan. He's been around for a few years now, but honestly... Uh, you know, how confident do you feel if Tannehill goes down with bringing Woodside in? Me, not so much.
0: Not all, but I think the idea is he's more athletic. I think he has a livelier arm, even though it's nothing special, and he has more experience in the system. Even though I think he has one career pass attempt in the regular season, He was <laughs> on a fake punt, which worked against the Ravens and helped win us the game in Baltimore. But completely unproven. But I think it's also the idea that if Tannehill goes down, we're done for anyway. Ideally, we could trade for Gardner Minshew or. A league average backup. The Bears are shopping Nick Foles, so we might see that. But the core of the offense is the offensive line, Derrick Henry, and the best wide receiver combo in a long, long time in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones.
1: This roster is far from complete. Um, You know, we're going to see a lot of changes. Uh, with the people that are cut people who are on the COVID list coming back and a lot of musical chairs here for the next week or so until we get to that week one roster and then um, you know i expect lots of changes throughout the year with lots of different people but yeah i think we're we're ready for a run and uh, like we always have like we have been recently but yeah, i think if if our boy one seven goes down um, i think we're in a little bit of trouble a little bit of hot water and I wouldn't be surprised if we pe- press the emergency button on a guy like Foles or bring in a guy like Cam Newton or some proven veteran of some respect. But until that happens, I don't. I think we kind of stay put, regardless of how I or you or how any of our Titans fans feel uh, about Logan Woodside as our number two. Uh, I think we'll stay
0: put for a bit. And I do like only carrying two quarterbacks because – Like we just said. Or I think it's the Bill Polian quote that's famous. If Peyton Manning goes down, I don't care who our backup
1: is. I'd like to think that whenever you have 22 in the backfield and you got AJ and Julio on, on the outsides, that you're never really out of it. But... Tannehill going down would be a big blow. So let's not talk about it. Let's forget that it won't happen. It it will not happen. Like you said, he's vaccinated and he's already been positive for COVID.
0: So what that buys us, 90 days at least. Last year's third round pick, Darrington Evans, who once again seems to be made of glass. He had a couple touches in the preseason games. Then he got hurt, I think, in the... Very first game against Atlanta, he didn't play anymore. The preseason standout on the offense, Makai Sargent, big bowling ball running back, and Kari game who was a lock to make a roster as our fullback because of how much we use him. On the COVID list, we have Jeremy McNichols, the McWeapon, a guy who plays special teams, saw some third-down snaps last year when Evans got hurt. When McNichols gets back, I would assume Sargent is going out the door.
1: I don't know. I'm not necessarily you know, convinced. Uh, we've had McNichols around. And, you know, we've let him go before. I, I think Makai Sargent really did a great job throughout the preseason and provided a really big flash, more so than I've ever actually seen out of McNichols. So I would be curious to see if, you know, Sargent sticks
0: around for, for a while. I believe with the COVID list, you can't release someone while they're on the COVID list. So some of the guys we're going to be talking about, they could have been roster cut candidates already. It's just mm-hmm. their circumstances don't let it. But our backfield, if Evans can actually stay healthy and shoulder more than five carries a game without getting banged up is obviously going to be great because Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL, and Kari Blassingame is an actual fullback playing fullback and not a converted tight end or a running back. So we know what it is. It's, it's the Derrick Henry show.
1: <laughs> it better be because it's worked for us in the past and it's going to work for us in the future. I don't think Mike Malarkey was a great coach, but I think instilling the – Philosophy of the exotic smashmouth football is it kind of identi- it, it created an identity for this team and um, Derrick Henry ever since has been unstoppable and maybe maybe he gets to five thousand yards this season. <laughs> I wish I wish it were possible, but you know I think he makes a serious run at breaking the single season rushing record, especially with seventeen games.
0: And moving on to wide receiver, which is always the hottest training camp off-season battle among fans because they always look the best in worn down defenses, restricted defenses. We have seven, which is about the norm for the NFL these days. Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Josh Reynolds, Marcus Johnson, all no-brainers. The top three, Jones, AJ Brown, Josh Reynolds, been banged up in training camp but he's getting back to health he was signed to be our slot receiver possession receiver marcus johnson brings another element of speed to the team his issue is health but he's stayed healthy so far and the wide receiver five is chester rogers who really shut out on punt return in the preseason he's likely to be taking over return duties for us nick westbrook keen a core special teamer and gunner a guy who i bemoaned having to see take actual snaps at receiver last year in meaningful games but looking at our depth now he's a big athlete who plays Gunner, that's fine. Then this is a bit surprising, but Cam Batson made wide receiver seven. I don't really see it with Cam Batson and it might be because Racy McMath is on the COVID list, but sure, Batson is fast. So is Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers, and he's really small. I'd say he's a pretty good route runner like them, but he just has never really shown flashes to me.
1: No, well, I think the thing with Batson is you got to look at Robinson and Vrabel and how they kind of build this team outside of your starting roster they want guys who can contribute on special teams and i think that's something that batson can do really well he can be a great kick returner punt returner um, and i think that's kind of what makes him more valuable to this team i also think something that you you just mentioned Racy mcmath i really liked watching him uh, you know in some of the practices that i saw some film on him and i really liked some stuff in the preseason kind of the athlete that he is so i will be very interested to see how he fits on this team right now he's on the covid list so he's not cut but he's not actually you know on the active roster so interested to see what kind of decision they make on him um and if maybe it means dropping cam or if it means dropping marcus johnson or chester rogers i'm not sure if they drop either of those guys but it's really an interesting position to be in um, especially with the other players that we
0: Uh, cut which uh, we're about to get to and just one more thing on McMath his role as a big athlete that plays special teams is already taken up by Westbrook Akeen. so I wonder if he replaces Westbrook or if he replaces Cam Batson because AJ Brown made major headlines when he compared McMath to Julio in terms of just pure physical ability Mm -hmm. and obviously AJ Brown is going to gas up his teammate and he worships Julio Jones but he's like 80% right racing McMath is a really freaky athlete yeah, I I
1: would agree. I mean, we've seen Nick West Nick Westbrook akeen before, and uh, I'm never too impressed with him in a third and long play. I don't want him in there, so <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that switch out of uh, Westbrook akeen with McMath or even one of the guys from the practice squad that maybe do a little flip flop between. And then, Land, let's talk about our next cuts. Uh, you know, we J Rob decided to cut um Des Fitzpatrick and also Mason Kinsey I know one of these guys you were high on and wanted to make the team and one of them you called a long time ago that you didn't think that he was worth a roster spot what are your thoughts on those two
0: players one I'm surprised Des Fitzpatrick the 109th overall pick as a rookie or he's (laughs) still a rookie was cut cleared waivers so no one wanted him And we got him back on the practice squad. Props to J-Rob for seeing the failure when he did and just cutting ends. And at least we got him back so maybe he develops in the practice squad. But that's just just really sad. (laughs) And then Mason Kinsey, I think along with McMath, was probably the fan's favorite training camp standout at receiver. Your stereotypical white slot receiver. A great story coming from a super small college. Works really hard was actually really good in the preseason. I think he was our receiving leader and was one of the top receivers in the NFL preseason. Yeah. And he, he looked really good in stretches, especially in practice against the Bucks and joint practices. I actually would have had him over Cam Batson but I understand Batson is more explosive and like you said, more special teams value. But I am really happy Kinsey is back on the practice squad maybe next year with Reynolds, Marcus Johnson, Rogers, pretty much everyone but Julio and A.J. Brown being free agents. He finds a way onto this roster because I have some Availability, like He could be a Danny Amendola type, but this just isn't his year. For once, our receivers are just really stacked, so this is a good problem to have.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to uh, text you guys the other day, or I think it was yesterday when cuts were happening, and you were bummed out about Kinsey, but this is a good problem to have. I mean, good rosters have to cut good people. It's really a, a testament to John Robinson's uh, way, he, the way he's built this team and the character of guys that are on this team. And Mason Kinsey, like you said, he's a crowd favorite and he plays hard and, you know, he is a guy that everybody's rooting for. So luckily we got to kind of hang on to his rights for a little bit longer on the practice squad and hopefully that stays the case and, you know, maybe we can get him some meaningful action on the field. But yeah, he's a a great candidate to be on the practice squad and develop and, uh, you know, maybe learn under some guys like Julio um, and A.J. Brown for that
0: matter and kind of develop and, and blossom into a, an NFL pro. Moving on to tight ends, this is very uninspiring. I'd say it's the worst tight end group we've had since the year before, Mariota. Anthony Ferkser, good receiver. Luke Stocker. Tommy Hudson, who we picked up off waivers from the Bucks, But Jeff Swaim, who was getting tight end two and tight end three snaps last year, is on the COVID list. So I'd expect Swaim to take Hudson's spot when he gets activated. And obviously... Well, Blazin' Game technically can play tight end. He's a good blocker, but just this is a very uninspiring group. They're really defined in their roles, but it'll work out because Stalker, Swaim, good blockers, are good receiver. We're really gonna miss the versatility and ambiguity of Johnny Smith and even Delaney Walker, but we can piece this together, especially with Julio and AJ Brown on the outside. Yeah, I'm actually very disappointed in our tight end group.
1: You know, we all, uh, all of us, you, me, Nathan dairy we all really like ferkser but to me he's not he's not tight in one material and that room is very much lacking um i know we we talked about it earlier that the niners they released Michael Pruitt, and we signed him to the practice squad, which is great because he's got familiarity, but it's really, I think, probably our worst position on the whole team as far as depth. I like or Swain was okay in a couple spots last year, but I really think we need somebody different, whether it's you know uh, somebody else that was cut from another team, whether it's swinging a trade for somebody.
0: But yeah, the tight end room is just really uninspiring. Yeah, and not just the depth, but the top-end talent. Every other right. position, we have at least one guy where it's like, yeah, he's above average to a star or even a superstar. Berkshire, it's like, eh, if you really squint and you don't really care about blocking, he's probably an average tight end because he's a pretty good receiver. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I mean, even just looking at, you know, people that are cut, I mean, ugh, woof. Maybe Thaddeus Moss is the best I'm looking at that's gotten cut. And even then, you're talking about a guy who was a rookie last year and didn't get a whole lot of playing time. So it's it's slim pickings out there. So I hope J-Rob has something up
0: his sleeve. I, I don't care who it is, but we need somebody in that room quick. Moving on to the offensive line. Preface this with two starters on the interior, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, on COVID. They should also be back. All these contacts were like five days ago, almost a week ago. Right now it's Taylor Lewan, Saffold, Kendall Lamb, Sam Braylo, Radins, David Questionberry. Aaron Brewer, Daniel Munier. And our cuts, no one really noticeable. Well, I guess Jordan Roos, because his dad played for us, but the offensive line looks fine. I think a lot of it just depends on health. Lawan coming back from the ACL, Ben Jones, and Nate Davis being out. Right tackle has looked really shaky because it's essentially been a three man competition all training camp. At first, it was just Lamb and Sombrello. And then Questionberry got thrown into the mix. And when you have three guys competing for one spot, and they're all kind of like career journeymen. That's an issue.
1: Right. It's kind of like the old saying, if you got three guys, you don't have one. Um, and I kind of agree with that. And, man, don't we look stupid for not signing Conklin to an extension when we had the chance.
0: Gosh. Or even just keeping Dennis Kelly. He's making one. We saved $1 million by cutting him. And I understand, like, the scheme and everything really covered up his flaws. But 1000000 million isn't getting us anywhere. And it was... I understand we had cap issues, but it's not like we're right at the cap where $1 million was the actual difference between getting Julio and not getting Julio.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, we definitely could have made something happen, and we we didn't. Or we got rid of Dennis Kelly, and that was kind of a dumb move, I think, for us, especially without anybody proven. I, I mean, obviously, we all hoped last year that that man who shall not be named was going to be the answer, and he, be, he ended up being probably – uh, and arguably the biggest bust in the nfl ever because he didn't even make it to the nfl really so yeah i think there's a lot of stuff we can try to figure out but and i haven't been super impressed with with Radens uh, in the preseason they've been trying them out a lot more at guard which makes me a little bit nervous too um because that kind of tells me hey we don't really have a right tackle so, yeah, I hope we get something figured out. I think the team really likes Cressenberry a lot, so I'll be curious to see who ends up winning the starting spot to open the season. My gut says it's going to be Kendall Lamb, but could be, like you're talking about, it could be a, a rotation of guys at right tackle.
0: Yeah, Ray Dunes hasn't looked good in practice either, and the coaches have said, like, obviously, he's been out on football for a year, small school. They're playing him all over the line, so he's not really getting comfortable at one spot. But he played right tackle in the Bucks game, and he was like going against their second and third stringers. And yes, their defense is really talented. He was going up against Joe Tryon, their first round pick. Tryon just annihilated him like every single play. <laughs> yeah, that's and, like, gotta he, worry you. If you had to play right tackle, which that doesn't seem to be the expectation, it just it, it would be a nightmare. In a look, and it seems like you said the long term vision, is he plays guard. He probably, maybe he replaces Saffold after this year. But just right tackle is just, it's going to be the make or break point. I know I said tight end was the most disappointing, and right tackle is just one part of the offensive line, but everyone else is an above average starter. Right tackle is just going to be, we're going to have to really compensate for it.
1: Yeah, although, I mean, I I have a little bit of faith in Ty Sombre- Sombrelo after his. Uh you know performance last season when he was healthy um you know he played pretty solid for us and i think naturally he's a right tackle right and he he was forced into left or am i thinking the opposite way around i'm pretty sure he was right tackle with the falcons yes yeah, so, i mean i've got hope that he can kind of put it together and step in too i think they like lamb over simbrilo but you never know i mean he played pretty well in in a, in a pinch for us so maybe that maybe it's better than than you know
0: surface deep moving on to the defensive side five defensive linemen big jeff danico autry tiara tart who was the standout player on the defensive front laurel murchison anthony rush only noticeable cut is naquan jones who may or may not be daquan jones with a fake mustache <laughs> i tweeted that out during the
1: draft uh, i, I tweeted it at Daquan Jones no response Daquan fine whatever but yeah I I think that was the funniest and strangest coincidence ever that we you know had a guy move on named Daquan Jones and we drafted a guy named Naquan Jones (laughs)
0: looking at this talent only five is a little worrying I I would prefer six or even seven with how the NFL is going but we have a lot of linebackers and edge rushers which kind of make up for it and Simmons, Autry, and Tart is a really good rotation, and Murchison is a body. But yeah, and last year the interior defensive line wasn't the problem; it was edge rusher, and we got better. And I think by adding Autry, I think Tier Tart got better. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not worried about it, but just the lack of depth worries me. Not in the sense that in the entire narrative of oh, if our best player on the defensive line gets hurt, we're in trouble, because that's always just a dumb. With how fast paced and high octane the NFL is. You have to rotate guys to keep them healthy. Not everyone is a freak like Jarrell Casey and just plays every single snap.
1: Yeah, definitely, and especially in today's NFL where it's, you know, going more towards the passing league. Man, I'll tell you what. One way to get a defensive lineman, especially a defensive tackle gassed is to have them rushing the quarterback every single play. It's hard. I've been there, done it. Um so like you're, what you're saying, it's it's really important to have a good rotation front and i think we've got some guys to do it obviously big jeff he's one of the best in the league laurel merchants you know he he leaves a lot to be desired but he's developmental and Taylor tart has been pretty good you know like like you're saying that he's going to be that guy danico autry i've i've heard and seen a lot about him lining up as an outside linebacker in spots i don't know how i really feel about that but I think that he's gonna be another guy that's rotational I like the I like the combination of or the combination and rotation of those four Autry, tart Simmons, and Murchison um so I think we'll be okay there and also I mean I wouldn't be surprised if at some point if we bring in an a veteran. Um, because these guys there are some really good guys on the street um, Gino Atkins yeah that 's you knew who I was talking about i I would dream of having Gino Atkins on our team he's, he 's he i 'll still never forget him being on when the Bengals were on hard knocks. he looked like the baddest dude i 've ever seen in my life. It was always him and Takeo spikes were always you know
0: terribly intimidating yeah, i 'm a bit surprised that he 's still unsigned, maybe he just. I'm sure he wanted to skip training camp. Oh, yeah. He's old, get fully healthy. He probably just waits until middle of the season, finds a team where he's going to have a rotational role, is going to be asked to be a heavy starter and ring chase. Yeah,
1: he he's picking his team for sure, and he's waiting to to see how it all plays out. And obviously, a lot of teams still have to have some cap moves that they have to make uh, to get under the cap. So there's definitely some considerations. And I think once things start to happen, that's when you're going to see a guy like Geno Atkins sign. And we saw, I think, Everson Griffin's signed today. So, you know, these veterans are starting to, to find
0: homes. Moving on to Edge Rusher. Harold Landry is on COVID. He's going to be back. But on the current roster, Bud Dupree, who's looked pretty good coming off his ACL injury, he said he feels good. Rashad Weaver had a pretty good first game against the Falcons. Didn't hear a ton of for the last two games, so he didn't play as much. Derek Roberson, who is a threat to be cut at some point. Ola Adeniyi who's a special teamer and he's flashed some of the preseason games against the backups backups what was last year by far our worst position like pathetically bad it looks pretty good yeah it, de- it depends on how Landry's conditioning and Dupree's mental confidence is but Dupree Landry Weaver Roberson if he stays and if we use Rashawn Evans more that's serviceable I mean it's probably like around league average probably like 20th or so but last year we were probably 30th so it's a major improvement i feel comfortable even if you look at just
1: the top four of dupree landry robertson the weaver you know those are all pretty big dudes and they're going to get after the quarterback and they can keep each other fresh now again kind of like defensive tackle i wouldn't mind seeing another veteran come in you know midway through the season you know to provide some relief for some guys hola denier he can leave (laughs) i'm okay with that um and i think there are some other spots where we have some players who are definitely um definitely in spots where we can let them walk and i think we will let some of them walk and give us some more options to bring in other guys i look at a lot of this roster to be incomplete right now And I think it'll change a lot over the next couple weeks as we get up towards uh, week one, and then after week one, I think a lot of things start to happen because your team—you get—it's the first time you get to see the team on Sunday playing an opponent. Uh, in the NFL. And that's kind of when things shake out. And even going against a team that we think we're going to walk all over, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of weaknesses that we're going to notice and we're going to see. And you know, we're going to get a really good view of how these edge rushers are able to attack the quarterback with a mobile guy like Kyler Murray. He looks like a little tiny kid out there. Um, But just definitely we're going to get a good look week one.
0: Yeah, all of the media guys, both local and national, have all been hyping up Dupree, and you know I was never really a fan of him, but when everyone I is, didn't, I definitely didn't like yeah, him. Because he was a stealer because you didn't think he was that good. Uh, both. <laughs> it was mainly because I didn't think he was that good. If everyone thinks he's been good and the coaching staff says he's doing good and he says he feels healthy, then maybe he'll prove us wrong and we'll begrudgingly root for Bud Dupree. Hey, yeah, if he comes out and does it, fine. I'll, I'll, I'm a believer.
1: But until that happens, I'm not. <laughs> A lot to be desired and hopeful that, you know, he comes out like a a gangbuster and he just, uh, you know, balls out. I am kind of curious, though, with all the cuts that we did make, we didn't keep any of these edge rushers or outside linebackers on practice squad. You know, like you mentioned, Naquan Jones, Woodrow Hamilton, those are two defensive linemen we kept. We kept Jan Johnson, who's a linebacker but we did not keep any real edge rushers or outside linebackers a guy i really liked i think he was kind of maybe a fan favorite or maybe just me i really liked wyatt ray he never really got on the field a whole lot but i thought he was an interesting guy he is the grandson of nat king cole and not that that means anything on the football field, but I thought he was really just able to get after the quarterback and you know be that speed rusher, which I think we need. So just surprised that we didn't find a way to put him on the practice squad over somebody like Woodrow Wilson uh, or Woodrow Wilson or Woodrow Hamilton or you know some of these other reserve offensive linemen like Derwin Gray or Christian Delaro.
0: Moving on to off-ball linebacker Jayon Brown. Should be fully healthy after his injury last year. Rashawn Evans entering the final year of his deal. David Long had a really good preseason. And Monty Rice, who had a scary injury in training camp, but he got back on the field. He looks fine. Has gone solid reviews for a third-round rookie. He's going to be the fourth guy, rotational depth, short yardage. And Nick Zubar, a course, special teamer. He's on COVID, so that's another name to watch. Because I do think we will bring Zubar back in because the four guys I mentioned, outside of Long, they don't really have experience playing special teams. I'm sure Mm -hmm. Rice could and would because he's tough as nails, but that's Zubar's game. He plays special teams, and he's pretty good.
1: Oh, he's one of the best gunners in the league, so I I definitely agree with you. I think he's definitely primed for another special team's role and an important one at that. Um, And, you know, he was a pretty big deal as an off-season pickup last year, and he played pretty well throughout the year, As again, as a special teamer. Um, so I look for him to be back.
0: If feels-solid Evans' flaws are really noticeable, we're really going to depend on Jayon Brown because I really like David Long. I would prefer he starts. They're going to give Rashawn Evans his chance. Maybe with a better defensive front, he's more free to make plays. If you can just find that mentality where every play is a goal-to-go situation, he can... Knife through the backfield, that'd be great. But, or even just convert him to a hybrid outside linebacker where he's never asked to cover because I will die inside if I have to see Rashawn Evans cover 10 yards down the field.
1: Uh, I think he's a great player still. I think whenever we're, uh, our backs are against the wall, that's usually when he shows up. Yeah, he might get burned on third and four, uh, you know, uh, when a team is driving. But when we're on the goal line or, and we're, you know, defending a short field, I don't think there's anybody better than him at a lot of points. Um, you know, I, I specifically remember Patriots playoff game, the Baltimore Ravens playoff game, where he just was a monster on the field and jumping all over the place. Um, so he has a special spot on my, uh, you know, all-Titan team for, for this year.
0: Moving on to cornerback and our defensive backs as a whole were one of the only position groups that didn't have anyone test positive for COVID. So this is set in stone, pretty much. Jack Rabbit Jenkins, Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Breon Borders, Chris Jackson, Elijah Molden. Six guys, Molden, Farley competing for that third spot. Although I expect Molden to get it because he's the better better slot guy. Last year, Jonathan Joseph was a bust. Fulton was hurt. Adori didn't play. This quarterback room, like our edge rusher room, I feel a bit better about the corners than the edge rushers, but... It seems solid. There's a lot of projection. Obviously, Folden. I obviously has only played five games. Farley and Mullen are rookies. Boers and Chris Jackson were really hot and cold. But on paper, if you, I, I believe in these guys. I think he can be close to league average.
1: Yeah. Oh, without a, I think they're above average. I think Janoris Jenkins brings a, a veteran leadership that we need in that room, kind of similar to when we had Logan Ryan. You know, obviously I think they play completely different games, but I think he's got swagger and he's kind of instilling that in our, our defensive backfield. I really look forward to Christian Fulton taking a big step forward. And we all know how I feel about Elijah Molden. I think he's going to be a day one starter without a doubt. He's going to be the books, the brains on defense. And he's going to be, you know, Kind of that guy that we need in all spots. Borders, he had a really, I think he did really well this preseason. And he did really well in a lot of spots last year. And then obviously I think the the sky is the limit for Caleb Farley. I hated the draft pick. Um, but, you know, I, I've come around a little bit to Caleb Farley. And I, I really think once we get him some more experience, I think he could be a real difference maker on this uh, on this team and for us. And um, obviously he's got a lot of heart and he's already had COVID. So knock on wood, fingers crossed that he, you know, is free from that from the for the season.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Fulton, he was probably the standout defensive back of the overall off season, especially in training camp. He's looked really good. He looked good in the, in the Bucks dual scrimmages going up against Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. A lot of projection, but we feel good about it. It's a massive, massive improvement from last year. Another thing, although this isn't players, having Jim Schwartz coaching up Shane Bowen on the defensive play call so we're not playing off coverage, 10 yards off on third and short, that's going to be huge for these guys looking better.
1: Oh, yeah, and I think, you know, already in the preseason, we've seen some pretty exotic, you know, some blitz schemes come through. Elijah Molden had a sack, which I think was really huge. Um, And those are the kind of things that Dean Peets used to do. He used, to be, he used to dial up pressure from anywhere on the field, especially the corners. Um, so I really look forward to, uh, to us getting back to that, kind of making some exotic packages, bringing pressure where we're not used to seeing it, and really getting after the quarterback. You know, last year we were terrible getting after the quarterback, so we have to improve that.
0: Yeah, with the caveat that it's preseason and more teams than ever weren't playing starters, period, we didn't play probably half our starters. Our defense looked really good. I think yeah. we finished first, neither yardage allowed or points allowed.
1: Yep, we sure did.
0: And Big Phil, I'm going to have to revoke your Elijah Molden fan club license because that was not just a sack. He went on a delayed blitz. He slid between two offensive linemen coming to question, <laughs> popped off off the ground like he's in the Matrix, and sacked the quarterback. Then the very next play, he knifed around a blocking wide receiver to get to blow up a wide receiver screen.
1: Hey, buddy! Hall of Fame! Hall of Fame!
0: I'm telling you, the University of Washington knows how to make him. Yeah, yeah, as long as we put him in the right situation where he's not having to go up against speed guys, he's just going gonna to be so exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, he's probably the player I'm most excited for, period. Out of the whole roster or rookies? I think whole roster because, well, a lot of you got other guys are unknowns. Like Julio obviously is exciting, but you know what to expect with Julio he's just going to be really good and just really consistent he's just consistently going to make big plays but Molden just has that knack of making splash plays so i'm just i'm just really excited and he's going to be on the field a ton cuz not only can he play nickel corner he also dabbled in safety at washington so he's going to see those third safety snaps
1: yeah i am I'm, I'm super excited for yeah. Elijah Molden and i think like i told you i told nathan i told a Set it here first. He will be a day-one starter and a day-one difference maker. I promise you that.
0: Speaking of our safeties, this is a really crowded room, which will definitely die down when guys come back from COVID. Bayard, Amani Hooker, an above-average starting duo. Molden, potentially. Chris Jackson, technically, will get some spots. Bradley McDougald, who we signed three weeks ago, who was once like an okay player in Seattle before... Bombing out in the Jets, so maybe the Jets are just really bad for him. Dane Crookshank, who's been a core special teamer, been banged up. Brady Breeze, late round pick, another core special teamer. He's definitely gonna be cut, I think, because he had a major he had a major injury. I don't remember the specifics, but against the Falcons he had to be carted off. So I don't expect Breeze to make it to the active roster. Matthias Fairley, Fa- Matthias Farley, and Chris Jones, so that's that's six guys who only play safety.
1: Yeah, I think this room is definitely going get, to get cut down. There is no need for us to have that many safeties. I agree with you about Brady Breeze. I don't think he's really got a spot in this roster. I really think I look at it as the top four. Bayard, Hooker, Cookshank, and, and uh, Matthias Farley.
0: Yeah, McDougald, Breeze. Well, Chris Jones, Breeze, I would say are 100% locks to be cut. Jones, not that good. Breeze, injury. McDougald, him and Farley... I don't really have a preference, just because they've been signed so late and we didn't really get to see that much between them. But either way, they're going to be the fourth guy. Six, our sixth cornerback can play some spot snaps if we need a fifth guy.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at McDougal's stats right now. I mean, he's got starting experience. He started he started 82 games, which is rel- which is pretty impressive. He's a nine year pro, ten career interceptions, um, 459 total tackles maybe he's a guy I, don't, I haven't seen much of him like you said we just recently signed him so maybe he can impress me but it looks like he he's plateaued at least if not on the downward slope in, in the end of his career so maybe we can get some production out of him j-rob sometimes likes to get after those guys but interesting to see mcdougald
0: the depth especially at at the third safety spot because we used to, we ran so many three safety looks is a little worrying because Before Vicaro fell off last year, having Imani Hooker as that third safety was just a huge luxury because he could do so much and cover all over the field. And now he's a starter, and he's an above-average starter, but who's the guy that can do all the things Imani Hooker does? Chris Jackson or Molden?
1: I think the hope is Crookshank, but I don't know if he's there.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Crookshank is on the cuffs, too, but he's always been a core special team. Like He's never really gotten regular season snaps. Yeah. But... Kind of cu- you're kind of splitting hairs when you're talking about you don't have a designated third safety. But for how we play defense the past two years and how we're probably going to play defense this year, that role is valuable. In the final phase of the game, which has haunted us for the past two years, special teams. Not Brett Kern. Not the best punter in the National Football League. <laughs> not the one that killed the Patriots' dynasty. Place kicker, we know what it's been like. Sam Thicken in the preseason has looked like the potential fix. He's sixty of sixty-seven on all of his kicks. All the misses coming in practice from longer range. In joint practices and in the preseason, he went perfect. Tucker McCann could have made this an interesting battle, but he took a hit to the knee. He's out. And Morgan Cox, a former Raven, which is gross, but he made All-Pro as a long snapper. Which I, I still wish Bo Brinkley was still here, <laughs> but I I think COVID really just took it out of them.
1: Yeah, like you said, uh, I I think we. Finally fixed our ficken kicking s- situation. Um, so I think Ficken looks like a guy that can t- final- can final solidify that position for us. And if not, you know, that guy down the road, Guskowski. he's always an option. But yeah, how gross is it that we have a Raven on our team? Yuck. I don't care who they are. Ravens, Steelers, but I just um, feel
0: really sad because I really love the trio we used to have of Suckup, Kern, and Brinkley. Yeah. And now Curran is the only one left. Yeah, well, that happens. And we lost the other two to circumstances outside of them not being good. Like, Suckup got hurt. He took an off-season offer. He managed his injury. He came back. He got to win a Super Bowl, so I'm really happy for him. And then Brinkley got COVID. It was just – it's really weird to, like, really just love your special teams, Tria, but they were a really fun team for me.
1: They were, but, you know, Bo Brinkley, he had, you know, if I remember correctly, he, he had a couple – crappy games uh, last year where he made some yeah. pretty bad snaps so i think you know it was time for for that to end so but you know really loved him as a as a titan but yeah so maybe maybe morgan cox is the guy maybe he's not
0: the ravens are always top three in special teams in the nfl That oh, that's just really gross but harbaugh is a really good don't you give him coach. any
1: credit on this podcast
0: <laughs> yeah it feels gross and i know So much of special teams is familiarity and just the relationship between the long snapper, the holder, and the kicker. But he made first-team All-Pro, and he's never – I don't think he's ever had a bad snap with Baltimore. So hopefully that carries over. And Ficken Ficken just needs to hit 80% of his field goals inside of 45 yards to where – when we have to settle for a 40-yard field goal, I'm not just – it's not a (laughs) 50-50.
1: Right. We need to, to get him through the uprights.
0: Like If he can't really hit long field goals, even though he banged in a 55, I don't want to say, against the Bucks, I'd rather have a guy where if you get close enough, he can consistently hit it like Suckup did than Goskowski last year where, sure, he can hit 50-plus yarders with ease, but you get him close, he there's a 70-30 chance he's going to choke.
1: Well, Lane, I'm available to kick field goals. I don't I don't nobody's blown up my phone.
0: You can be like uh when Ndamukong Sue had to take an <laughs> extra point. <laughs> I can do it.
1: I can do it. Right. And then, or let's sign Chad Johnson. He did he kicked for the Bengals for a couple times, right?
0: He did Wes Welker too. Justin Reed just this past week for the Texans. Special teams. Hopefully, we've been bad. We've been down the last 2 years hopefully we bounce back and that's all we've got for today thank you guys for tuning in the long struggle is almost there the light is at the end of the tunnel in eight days the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to wipe the Dallas Cowboys off the face of the earth on national TV Tom Brady is gonna break every single game passing record Mike Evans is gonna break the single game receiving records people are still gonna it's still gonna break TV records it's still gonna break viewership records because we all love football but 11 days our Titans are gonna take the field at home The first home game with a bunch of fans in almost two years. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be fun. We're going to beat the Cardinals, and people are going to start respecting us.
1: I hope so. I'm sure we will beat the Cardinals. I just hope people start to respect us for the way we do it, and I think it'll be a decisive victory, and J.J. Watt will once again feel our fists of fury into his face.
0: No better way to start off a season than beating J.J. Watt. And hopefully Derrick Henry can rush for his third or fourth straight 200-yard two-touchdown game on him. I'm all for it. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Landon. Big fella is always big fella. And we'll be back with you next week, previewing the Cardinals game. And until then, tighten up. Tighten up.